Hello and good morning. So it's Saturday, it's nearly Christmas. So what could be better than basically uh, starting to chat about hormonal health? Um, I'm really excited and I'm hoping by the power, amazing Eva's already here, by the power of technology, I'm gonna be able to accept having Eva into the conversation. Yes. There's always that moment, will it happen, won't it happen? Fingers crossed. I think you are joining, Eva. Hello, good morning. Hello. How are you? I'm very well, thank you very much. Fantastic. I'm excited to join you here. I know it is exciting. I think the, the worst bit for me is always just seeing if we can technologically uh, find one another. You are brilliant at this. I haven't got a clue what you're doing, <laughs> but um, I can see both of us and I'm hoping we're on. As long as we can hear, we are on, we are on. So just for anyone who doesn't um, know Eva, so Eva is an amazing nutritionist and I um, frequently um, get to walk with Eva and um, Sprocket and I have had my brain filled with all of her amazing knowledge about women's health and nutrition. And actually it was a walk with Eva that I had, I think about sort of six or seven months ago and I um, suffer with polycystic ovaries and we had a really good chat. I started changing things around in my diet and I actually did get a regular cycle back and I'm sure Yay. it's due with the, yes, sure it's due with the flax meal. So um, I just think I shouldn't really keep Eva's knowledge all to myself. So I wanted to kind of bring her in and I've got some questions to ask obviously, but Eva, maybe firstly, if you can say a bit about you, kind of what you do, what you're passionate about. Yeah, so I'm Eva, I'm nutritionist, registered nutritional therapist and registered um, performance therapist, performance nutritionist also. Um, I've done two degrees in nutrition. I've done um, human nutrition and my undergrad with Greenwich University and um, BCNH College. And I've done my master's with um, St. Mary's University in sports nutrition and particularly focused my master's into female um, hormone health in, to, to, in connection with sport and obviously nutrition. So that's where I really, really focused most, my last few years in studying and also my practice where my practice is. So I mainly work with women um, with different types different kind of hormonal not always hormonal um conditions or symptoms mm -hmm. tend to be mainly either young girls where their endocrine system is still developing or establishing or it's the ladies our age between 40s 50s and above some 30s as well where yeah. things starting to shift after yeah. children um, just helping women understand what's happening with their hormones. We don't meant to be suffering. So if any, any, anybody is, that's not right. Yeah. Um, just help you understand what's happening and, yeah. you know, what you need to do to, to help yourself to get rid of basically. Yeah. And I think, um, yeah, I think I heard something the other day and it was like basically your menstrual cycle or whatever's happening with your hormones. It's a really good marker. So it's kind of like your health card. So if something isn't right, if there is an imbalance, if you're either not having periods, if your periods are excessively heavy, and um, if they're really scatty, if there's something that's kind of not right, it probably is an indication that you need to be kind of doing a bit of a deeper dive. 
And I know we're going to talk more kind of generally about kind of more top tips for everybody, but I think it'd be really interesting um, because I know you know what my client group are, but I would say um, the people who work with me tend to be definitely in their 30s, 40s, 50s. So we kind of range from um, menstruating women, sort of post-children usually, to kind of perimenopause, probably the majority of my client group through to menopause. Um, and I just think it would be really interesting for you to tell us, because I know you offer um, the Dutch or you kind of recommend for some women, if you want to that deeper dive, to do the Dutch urine test. Yep. And maybe if you could, because I think lots of people maybe don't completely understand what it is. Uh, maybe if you could just tell us about the Dutch test, what it is and why it might be better and more informative um, for women rather than a blood test. Yeah, so Dutch test stands for dried urine test for comprehensive hormones. Um, so it's, it's super informative and super comprehensive. It's the, the best hormone test there is at the moment. I only use that um, very, very rarely. I'd use anything else for hormones because it is just the best. If you want to deep dive, um, deep dive in into your own hormones, that is the one to do. You, you will then fully understand what's happening with your hormones at the time obviously it's the it's still a time test it will be you know it will show what your hormones are doing when you've done the test on that yeah. day yeah but it will show you fully how your hormones are synthesized how they're metabolized what a different type of sort of for example estrogens there's three different types it will show what um levels of three three different types of estrogens are some are estrogens are protective to us for our bones for our cardiovascular health for our mental health and not others are more um others are more kind of um can be damaging to us also we call them can be a dirty estrogens dirty um, so estrogens yeah I, I think this is new every time i chat with you i learn something new okay so there's three types of estrogens yes okay. absolutely so we can see what levels the three different types are we can see how they synthesized into each other how they're metabolized and methylated so we can see exactly where you need help so we can see where your hormonal imbalance is and mm -hmm. then more or less always will be something to see i've never seen a test where it's like oh my god it's absolutely perfect okay you know we always have something uh, to work on we can see always something or you know uh, there'll, there'll be something and we can we know then what we need to do yeah and there's a, a certain pathways where we can block them or encourage them with certain nutrients with certain therapeutic foods and therapeutic supplementation we can okay. we can then tweak your hormone levels quite nicely okay in some cases really really useful for um assessing your baseline hormones if you're considering hrt yeah, I would say everybody should have the test before they actually start trying anything because yeah. you have no idea what your hormones are. You have no idea. I had people before where they're convinced that their estrogen levels, it's tend to be, women tend to think, oh, my estrogens must be declining. And having all these symptoms, it's got to be my estrogens. But actually, in most cases, not the case. In most okay. cases, estrogens are elevated estrogens are dominant and that there's a problem with is this the ratio so um 
where actually, if anything, you might need a bit of both, a bit of progesterone, maybe a little bit of estrogen. In mm -hmm. some cases, just progesterone is needed. Um, recently done a test, uh, quite recently on the lady, where the problem, biggest problem was there was non-testosterone, which, okay. uh, which can also show in symptoms, in a way, similar symptoms, where you feel sluggish, brain fog, kind of those typical symptoms and you have no idea until you tested yeah you have we, no idea we were chatting weren't we and we were saying it's really because i was sort of trying to say oh you know is there a profile of symptoms where you'd be like oh okay so it's low estrogen it's low progesterone it's you know low testosterone but actually the symptoms for hormonal imbalance they're quite the kind of uniform there. aren't they they're kind yeah. of very similar yeah so yeah. you just don't really know like no. if you just went on a profile of symptoms it might be tricky yeah, and also I would encourage anybody, if you've got to know what your thyroid's doing, thyroid's really, really important as well. So in loads of cases, if you're between 40 and 50, you will put down every symptom you have onto your sex hormones. Yeah. So that's not always the case. And in yeah. fact, most cases will have thyroid or adrenal problems, sometimes blood glucose problems. Mm -hmm. And the symptoms, again, are similar. So if you're not... If you're not, um, if your body not coping with blood glucose uh, regulation well, the symptoms again are going to be similar. If your body's thyroid hormones are sluggish, symptoms again are going to be similar. It's that tiredness, sluggish digestive system, brain fog, sometimes skin issues, um, all those symptoms that you automatically will put down to your, well, I'm between 40s and 50s, so it must yeah, be yeah. that. Yeah. Not always, not yeah. always at all. So and I, I suppose it's quite nice because, again, I know from our chats, like, you're very open-minded about HRT. And I think, you know, I know friends of mine who have massively benefited. But I suppose yeah, it doesn't have to be either or. It can be this combined approach of kind of maybe optimise you, particularly absolutely. if you're noticing symptoms. Look to see how much you can kind of do and then you know you can you'll you'll be armed with more information about your general health if you kind of want to go on to pursue hormone replacement but it doesn't have to be oh you're no. just going to be completely natural or you're going to be completely like hormone no. replacement there's and a nice kind of place for both absolutely and things changing so you might go on hrt you might be put on hrt and it works straight away but oh after like six or 12 months you think actually my symptoms are creeping up again or something yeah. because nothing stays still anyway things no, are changing course. in your body as as it goes yeah but then you know you might need tweaking something you might need you know you might be you maybe you was okay and a little bit of progesterone maybe you need some estrogen now i mean knowing that is only for sure it's only testing and having a look what's going on and Dutch yeah. test is also great for you can test it when you are on HRT and you can see what's happening you can see the levels and how your body is coping with this added hormone into your body yeah. because your body still needs to methylate it metabolize yeah. it your body yeah. still needs to deal with it whatever you've given it to it so you know sometimes we can see that, that actually this extra estrogen, you're not able to clear it very well. So, okay. you, you know, so it's starting to build up and starting to become dirty, if you like, okay. and starting to cause problems because your body are not able to clear it. And the clearance, estrogen clearance, um, 
we need to look at your gut health. So gut health is super important for your estrogen to be able to clear, you know, and exit your body when it needs to. Yeah. And, and, and liver. So okay. then we look at, well, let's have a look at your liver health. Let's have a look at, are you, you know, your digestive system? Are you constipated? Are you, you know, are you absorbing nutrients? It's all those things that are really important. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, no, it is. It's really, really fascinating. And I suppose, say, for example, somebody, because you work with so many women, obviously, with issues, if somebody doesn't want to go down the very specific route of Dutch testing, in your experience, are there some things and some kind of like base foundation level of kind of nutritional advice that is quite generic, particularly in regards to kind of hormones? And I know in my group, rather than kind of being like, avoid this, don't eat this, I you know, often I find that narrative isn't massively helpful. And almost by adding in, so kind of like more of this and more of that, it kind of pushes the other stuff out anyway. Yeah. Um, and I know, obviously, I, I know the answer to one of them, because I think it's what did change my, uh, or definitely contributed to getting my cycle back was like the um, the flax meal, have it every single day, like live, I, I buy three kilogram sacks now, even. Oh, yeah. so proud. Well done. Whole family's on it. Um, but yeah, are there just some kind of, so say somebody's listening and they're thinking, oh, I would like to kind of have a deep dive into my hormones, but maybe there's just some kind of foundational things that I could be instigating right now without delaying that is likely to kind of not have a negative effect, but just generally going to have a positive improvement on their health. So I've yeah. got a ridiculous pen today. <laughs> oh, wow. I love it. I love it. It's got to be it, well, no, Yeah, it's not kits. <laughs> Um, so for hormonal health, you need to think, you, you know, hormones are made from fat. So are you eating enough fat? Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking about bad sort of fat, saturated fats. I'm talking a good quality, good, good fats, which, um, what I mean with good fats, I mean, um, nuts and seeds, oily fish, um, good quality olive oil. Full fat yogurt, as you know. Yes, that's the other thing Eva said to me. She was like, you need to be eating full fat, you know, full fat foods. And I think yeah. for women who are like, possibly like either trying to maintain or lose body fat, we instantly think about going zero fat, but for our hormonal health. Yeah. And obviously for me, I had gone, I'd gone two years really without any cycle. And I did need to make sure that my energy balance was right. I do have polycystic ovaries as well, but you yeah. know, I didn't do that much different um but actually i did i did sort of start putting in the full fat yogurt too yeah. so it's really interesting because i don't think people know that they need the healthy fats for hormonal health so absolutely super important so every day you make sure you eat healthy fats like i said avocado nuts and seeds eggs full fat yogurt doesn't have to be loads i'm not talking you know but when you do you do a good quality full fat yogurt that's organic and yeah. full of life culture which are just going to be good for you unless not everybody can unless yeah. you are intolerant to dairy and yeah. you're also intolerant to fermented dairy then that's not for you and then we you know then you have to push on other things like eggs like oily fish like olive oil olives themselves yeah avocado yeah nuts and seeds there's always something for everybody and yeah. You know, dairy is a tricky one. A lot, a lot, a lot of people are intolerant to dairy. dairy. Okay. Um, I'm not, you're not. 
I'm not. Yes. <laughs> I I'm love not. it. I can't imagine if I didn't eat like Greek yogurt every day. I know, but, not, but it's, it's interesting. And it's really is one of the most, you know, a, a common food to people, people to be intolerant to. So okay. although a lot of people who are intolerant to dairy can tolerate fermented dairy, because in that fermentation process, it's kind of partly already broken down. Okay. So your body actually can cope. So for anybody who thinks that they can't tolerate any dairy, it's worth considering whether trying out whether you actually are fine on fermented dairy. And, and maybe on... talk to people who might not know what fermented dairy is. I know you started to talk about it, but maybe some real life examples. Yeah, so fermented is yogurt and kefir, basically. Is so... any, so just, it would only be uh, fermented if it was a kefir, not an ordinary yogurt. No, yogurt's well, yogurt is. Oh, any yogurt is? Yeah, ah. yogurt's fermented, yes. So okay. unfermented is your milk itself, um, it's butter, it's cheese, um, and, and like a cream, that kind of thing. Um, okay, so all of those would count as fermented forms no. of dairy? No, sorry. No, no, those are not fermented. Yeah. Only fermented ones are yogurt and kefir. Ah, okay, sorry. Yes, I okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I've actually yeah. got some kefir on my sideboard yeah. right now, just brewing away. Okay, fantastic. So they yeah. would be the types of foods that might be worth trying, even if you don't think you tolerate yeah. dairy very well. Yeah, yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, so the fats are really important. Then other things which you are now you're hot on is the protein. Mm -hmm. You've got to make sure um, in most people, you've got to eat protein is everything. Most people struggle of his protein for breakfast and snacks and yeah. I, 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 I have to teach that thing to most of my clients it's you've got to think that anything you eat is their protein yeah and that's because protein slows down the from from the point of hormones that's because protein will slow down the energy release into your bloodstream mm -hmm. so whatever else you're eating it will be carbohydrates it will be fats and then that protein will slow down the absorption, that release of the energy. Unless you're going for a run then and there, which yeah. you then need that energy. But if I just had a snack now and I'm chatting to you now, I don't really need that energy release so uh, quickly. Quickly. So yeah. if I've eaten something with protein, that release is slow. So it's yeah. providing me this energy slowly all yeah. the time. So that means... I'm not going to be snacking anytime soon because I'm satisfied. Yeah. And that means I'm not going above that reference range of blood glucose, blood sugar levels going too high, where then insulin need to come in and sort it out. And yeah. that will cause the mayhem into your body and mayhem with your hormonal health in general. So it's really, really important to maintain blood glucose levels. That's really interesting so can you yeah just out of my interest i knew i just wanted to ask you my questions but i always i think about so we in the challenges we always try and i try and um coach people to think what protein am i having for breakfast what yes. protein like the other things can be added afterwards but be really pro like what protein am i having as my snack and then you can do the other things but i think you're right i think for women particularly we really struggle with thinking about protein but i'm um, really interested to learn a little bit more about um you said obviously for blood sugars, and I get that, obviously fats and protein slow down the absorption of the glucose, but how does the glucose go on to affect your hormones? 
Well, it's insulin where the problem is. So insulin means, sorry, sorry Sally needs a That's break. all right, you're nice and light now. We get to see a bit more of Edith's house. Oh, really? House. I was dark in that room. So <laughs> Sally's demanding, demanding. <laughs> we would have to have a little dog interlude. When Sprocket heard your voice, he did come right up to be right oh, next to the camera. <laughs> There you are. Sally was just whining at the dog. <laughs> yeah, so insulin um, is released. And lots of insulin, um, it's normally, it's more insulin released. That, that it's, it's released lots of it so they can really save you from this surge of blood glucose, blood sugar levels that are really mm -hmm. high because it's dangerous. Anything above is dangerous and below is dangerous. So you have to stay in this quite narrow range. Okay. And all of us are different sensitivities on mm -hmm. how, what your tolerance is, yeah. the blood, blood sugar levels. Like yeah. my, I have two children, two of them are completely different the way they, the way they balance they the way they cope with their blood, blood sugar levels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going absolute, absolutely bonkers. Where Kurt's absolutely fine. He can really cope really well. Um, okay. So everyone's different. Same for us adults. Um, yeah. So, so obviously we're not going to all go around wearing glucose monitors. So I suppose just as no. a kind of really like, because I think some people want to jump into kind of in-depth testing, but maybe sometimes there's just, just common sense things you can do. So being protein centric, adding in healthy fats, making yeah. sure that you do have kind of like a balance of the macros. And I know for when we were chatting, you were saying more of a focus on the, the proteins and the healthy fats because the carbs, like you say, um, obviously aiming for those more complex ones that are slower release, but unless you're needing immediate energy bursts, um, have a very active job and a very active life, you know, you probably need to put more of an emphasis on the protein and the healthy fats and you know the carbohydrates i think none of us struggle to get enough carbs so actually having that other focus yes. first is actually good like does my meal contain a lean form of protein does it contain some healthy fats and i know um i know you do a very similar thing but i think i sprinkle seeds on pretty much everything i eat <laughs> so that's the fun way of doing it for hormonal balance you're hitting few um ticks with one one simple flax seeds aren't you because yeah. A great source of healthy fats they're fatty yeah, yeah. They're protein and they're great for your hormones it's yeah. like you know if you can't think of anything else just chuck a couple of spoons of flaxseed in it then you're sorted yeah and there is really good evidence base for the flax meal isn't there oh, absolutely yeah. there's loads of studies done um on flax seeds and they're mostly done on two tablespoons a day yeah so, Time I say to clients, are oh, you eating flax seeds? Yes, yes, I do. But actually, when you when we get down to how much you do, you eat like tiny little sprinkles. Yeah. So that's yeah. not going to therapeutically help you. Flax seeds, two tablespoons a day, which is quite a lot. Yeah, and it's milled, isn't it? So it's um, yes. milled. Yes, yeah. and your body absorbs a lot, a lot better than they. Yeah. Than they, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And I have found that I can literally add it to everything. So I, I, I have rotational meals, but um, if I have my protein pancakes, there's two tablespoons in there. I do notice that it dries everything else. So you need to add more liquid. Yes. Like, <laughs> um, and I'll add it to my overnight oats. And so I'll always have, as I add it to my, if I make my homemade granola, I add it in as one of the dry ingredients. Like you can sneak it into everything, but definitely as a standard for the last yeah, I even when we walked, I'm having two tablespoons minimum. Yeah, even stews and soups and bolognese. Yeah, and, yeah. 
and chili and any soup you made, nobody will ever know. No. You know, no, the, ch the children have been ingesting it. Um, it's been very covert. Yeah. It's just, yeah. it's just been there. And I thought what was really interesting when we were chatting the other day, we went for a walk. I don't think I completely got the um, prior to speaking to you. So I think it'd be really interesting for everyone else to understand this a bit better is basically the reason we're saying flax meal is because it's a phytoestrogen. Is that right? Like a plant-based estrogen? Yeah. So and then maybe you told me, and if you could tell everyone again, just kind of what that role is, because I didn't realize, because I think I was like, oh, but how about if you're already high in estrogen yes. and then you go and eat the phytoestrogens and you know, what's yeah. going to happen? But I was wrong. Tell me. Yeah. So estrogen, so phytoestrogens are plant estrogens. So they're very similar in structure and chemical structure to our estrogens, to human estrogens. That's why yeah. they helpful and they can be helpful for both for women who has low estrogen or women whose estrogen is dominant so too much estrogen mm -hmm. and that's because if you are low in estrogen these flax seeds these these um phytoestrogens can give you this mild estrogenic effect by attaching them by kind of Stuck, sticking, attaching to your cell um, estrogen receptors, okay. so estrogenic effect. But if you have too much estrogen, when they're in your body, when, when you eat flax seeds and these phytoestrogens attach to those cell receptors, they're blocking your dirty estrogens or your too much estrogens to give you this over over estrogen effect. Okay, so whether your heart, basically the take home is whether you're high, whether you're low, or whether you just don't know, you can't really do any harm from adding in more no, phytoestrogens. No, but occasionally, occasionally, I do see people, uh, symptoms worsening after estrogen. Okay. It's, you know, all of a sudden, if you're gonna introduce estrogen, um, uh, phytoestrogens, um, flax seeds into your diet, you know, if you're sensitive, maybe start slowly, don't start yeah. with tablespoons, start yeah. with a teaspoon and see how you go. You know, if you start with two tablespoons and you notice that your symptoms worsen, that sometimes happens because of that estrogenic effect, because okay. we still don't know what your estrogen is doing and we don't know, you know, whether, you know, in some people it can happen because they are so powerful. I know everybody who, you know, like you and some of my friends who take it really can notice difference. Yeah. So it's a powerful, powerful natural thing you can help you know you can use for your yeah. hormone levels so it's, it's worth trying but just be obviously and then seek advice if you didn't feel like it was it was benefiting you like just like with everything else yeah but of course i have seen sometimes and i always say to people just be mindful that it obviously we don't know what it might yeah. do you know it's there's lots of fiber in there there's I was going to say guts is the other thing. Like if you do suddenly, if you're not a very high fiber diet yeah. person, that's a lot of fiber. So just noticing that Absolutely. you're drinking enough water. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, that's definitely what you need to think about. And also, um, um, yeah, it's just can give you, sometimes I notice, I've heard people who, you know, can have like headaches or migraines. Mm -hmm. Sometimes mm -hmm. it could be just whilst they get used to it. Mm -hmm. So that's why, you know, going in slowly could be yeah. useful and then yeah. carry on actually and then starting to feel benefits of it. Yes. How, how long would you say sort of, say you slowly introduced it, so half a tablespoon, upped it to one, eventually kind of got to that optimal dose of two yeah. per day. 
um yeah how well if you you know as lot as quick as you want to to be honest so you, know, you weren't having any gastric um, issues, you weren't sort of feeling constipated or kind of, yeah, gripey. Okay, so just kind of just listen to your body. Absolutely. We've talked about phytoestrogens and I've forgotten. What's the other um, plant estrogen? Isoflavonoids. Yes, tell me about those. So that's mainly soy type of foods. Soy, tofu, um, edamame beans, those kinds of things. Um, and what are they called again? It's isoflavonoids. Isoflavonoids. They also phytoestrogens. They also phytoestrogens they also plant estrogens so it's, it's a, so flax seeds why we talk about flax seeds mainly because they're most concentrated foods with the phytoestrogens okay isoflavonoids are slightly less but also quite you know powerful and mm -hmm. um, some people don't want to um for some for one reason or another eat soy foods some people are absolutely fine with those depending yeah. when we talk about soy i've normally would say always always go for organic because mm -hmm. you know pesticides the way they grow soy it could be quite full of okay oh that's interesting and basically I, I know I think the take-homes and thinking if I was listening to this I'd definitely remember that I need to add in kind of flax meal two tablespoons if you were to name the other really good plant-based estrogens uh, the phytoestrogens so you've got soy-based products you've mentioned edamame um obviously you, flax meal what other ones sesame seeds as well sesame. okay yeah yeah and is it things like legumes and yeah, lentils so I wouldn't particularly I wouldn't you wouldn't be able to get a therapeutic um effect from those unless oh, okay. you you know not really without some unfortunate gastric side effects <laughs> I mean you'd be able to eat as many kind of yeah so the, yeah it, so, it, so, okay so really if you're going to get the big, biggest bang for your buck you're thinking about adding in organic soy products, things like soybeans as well, and then obviously the amazing flax meal in massive three kilogram bags. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you're not, you know, if you're not um, tolerating them, or you're not, you don't like, for example, flax seeds, yeah. or everybody likes them, then obviously, you know, there are other foods that you could, you know, you know, introduce, yeah, like like legumes, like strawberries, for example, have some, and okay. um, some of the fruits and vegetables, but you would need, you know, to have so much of those foods to give mm -hmm. that same therapeutic effect that two tablespoons of flax seeds would. Okay. That okay. is quite impossible, really. And, you know, you can supplement things like that as well. You can supplement yeah. in supplement. Yeah. So obviously if you can do a food first approach, that's great. It's fantastic. And if you can't, then obviously exploring with a nutritionist like yourself, or obviously then if that's not enough still, you can go to that medical level as well. But there's there's things on a base level I think people yeah. can take home and, and definitely do. And I was yeah. just wondering, Eva, are there are there more specific considerations sort of depending on how you would look at your diet, depending on whether you're kind of a menstruating woman, a perimenopausal or menopausal, are there very significant differences to that fundamental baseline of nutrition or would you actually say the fundamentals for kind of women no matter where they are on their journey that kind of base of healthy fats protein centric and um, making sure you're getting in some plant-based estrogens 
does it massively change like if you're not going down the level of um dutch hormone testing those specific women or i don't know or are there cycle changes where we should be thinking about what we're eating or is it just just get a general base of health and then if things aren't working out for you then sort of do that deeper dive okay for the girl for the women who's still cycling i i'm really really hot on following your cycle so okay do listen how your body feel and follow it like we all know um we crave more we tend to eat more before our period starts that last yeah. on our cycle i i let my body guide me through that and mm -hmm. i encourage everybody to do that because your body obviously there's a massive change of hormones happening each cycle each month your body each each month your body's trying to get pregnant yeah and 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 if you're going to fight that and go against it you only just causing you know problems you're causing hormonal imbalances even yeah by doing that. so allowing to eat a little bit more that that week before yeah. you it's absolutely normal and we should do yeah and as your period starts you will naturally not going to be that hungry i often you know i often say well if you're not you don't need to eat if you're not hungry if that week you're not hungry we'll skip breakfast well yeah. do a bit of fasting if you feel like it there's no problem is that i never feel like fasting <laughs> really? yeah. yeah i mean you do a lot a lot of physical activity and that's also very much need to be considered obviously yeah, of course you know, i never say somebody who train every day you know it's yeah. a difficult game but yeah. for some of us it really you know works really well and you don't need to eat if you obviously if you're hungry you're eating if you're not yeah. hungry you don't yeah. need to so just that kind of but actually i think it was really good what you just said about kind of just tracking your cycle being aware yeah. like where are you yeah seth yeah. has come in saying no fasting i'm with you seth but i think that it's just it's very individual isn't it to just but also knowing where you are in your cycle like for me it's quite novel to have a cycle yeah. but i have noticed those things like being hungrier before maybe wanting to do a different type of training so kind of less intense and maybe more sort of strength based or a bit more pilates but actually just respecting your body a bit more and looking for this harmony and not kind of just pushing the same yeah. like training or nutrition kind of throughout yeah. the cycle yeah so i would say for anybody who's still got cycle don't put yourself onto some kind of uh, rhythm that's monday i'm doing this tuesday i'm doing this exercise wise or the food wise yeah you yeah do that let follow that cycle through when you're ovulating you will do other things you feel quite funky then and yeah, you, might... you might feel creative i think work wise i actually really noticed that Absolutely. my energy for even work changes and my creativity <laughs> and then my bit where i just want to hunker down so yeah i think yeah. it's in all aspects of your life so whether it's yeah. your training your nutrition yeah. your your work life just kind of noting because i know some people cycle through and they don't even notice and that's perfect it's fine <laughs> actually start when you start talking to these women who think that they don't notice they actually they do notice when you start talking about it well mm -hmm. we all do okay you just block it out you just get into rhythm you get to think well this is what i'm doing on mondays this is what i'm doing on tuesday and i'm just stuck with it but yeah if you start becoming a little bit more creative and just listen to that body it's everything falls into places are much nicer and you're a lot yeah. happier you you know you know this is the time when i'm feeling a bit i'm eating a bit more and i'm feeling a bit more um that i need to be nourished and nurtured yeah. and 
my period starts, I'm out and about. And I'm yeah, thinking, yeah, yeah. It's like the release. <laughs> I'm like buzzing. And then yeah. it's my ovulation and I feel like this. And, and it really works for all of us. I yeah. So just know. noting, and I know if anyone is experiencing um, kind of hormonal changes and you want to track it, there's the Balance app, isn't there? Which is really yeah, nice. Loads of different apps. Yeah, yeah, just to start tracking. Like for everybody, like I think it's really interesting to start noticing your pattern and trying to be a bit more intuitive with your movement and you know what would feel good on my body today not being kind of um self-soothing like oh i'm just going to go and eat like a whole pack of cookies and not move today because it's the week before my period but actually like a bit more kind of self-love so maybe today it's going to be a really nice walk in nature and it's going to be a really nice balanced meal and you know i'm gonna give myself a bit of a bigger serving because i feel like i need it but again bearing in mind everything you said about you know that doesn't mean that you're just going to nosedive into the fuck it bucket and be like well i'll just sit and eat all the cookies and not go out today because that's going to spike your blood sugars that's yeah. going to interfere with your hormone balance so it's kind of having the knowledge and then applying it in a self-loving not self-soothing yeah. way yeah yeah and once you know you've been a little bit more you know you you've been eating a little bit more and you perhaps not done that hit class or something in that week before once you go into that next phase of your cycle you know what happened the week yeah. before and you go actually i might just cut down on that extra whatever yeah yeah, yeah. i've definitely got some women who will come um, and I know that they don't come at certain weeks and that's fantastic. Or there might be times where people want to increase weights and there might be times when they want to take it down or put the impact up or down. And I think, yeah, I think it's fantastic. I think it needs to be more talked about and more acknowledged because I think you're right. I don't think women talk about it enough. No. And no. I think there can just be that, or we just go on to autopilot, but then you can be exhausted. You can obviously yeah. spike your um, stress hormone. And obviously then obviously that, um, doesn't do well very quickly because i know we said i i think we were like how long should we chat and we said half an hour which obviously we've gone over but i think we wanted to do well actually uh, there's a couple more things i think would be quite nice to cover so hormonal health i feel like just generally you're saying be more intuitive be more responsive kind of notice and don't worry if you um eat a bit more at certain times eat a bit less but the general principles no matter where you are in your hormonal journey is this protein-centric healthy fats obviously getting in plant-based estrogens um in regards to kind of gut health we've talked a bit about fermented food and i know you and i love kombucha i have some scoby to give you <laughs> um but um tell us a little bit more about maybe i don't know two or three top tips so again, somebody's going to buy some flax meal now. They're going to start adding two tablespoons gradually. They're going to get in their healthy fats. They become protein centric. What could they do for their gut health? You mentioned fermented dairy, but what other fermented foods could you add in to make yeah. your gut biome as happy and healthy as possible? Yeah, so there's, there's a prebiotics and probiotics when, it, when we're talking about gut. Um, so probiotics are actual bugs in your tummy that mm -hmm. mean so there's good ones and bad ones. Bad ones feed on sugar, mm -hmm. dominantly, and starches. And a good, a good babies in your gut feeds on prebiotics. Mm -hmm. so, so how can we feed those? How can we encourage the, the ones we love? How can we feed yes. those? Yes, so they really love a prebiotic-rich foods, which are onions, mm -hmm. leeks, apples, um, chicory, Mm-hmm. Um, and then things like a green bananas. 
Oh, okay. I love a green banana. Yeah, green bananas. So if you use bananas in smoothies, use the greener ones because uh -huh. they're more rich in prebiotics, feeding yes. bugs in your tummy. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just had something else in my mouth. And then what I love, and I encourage everybody, if you um, use uh, um, steam or boiled potatoes and carrots or starchy um, mm -hmm. vegetables, when they cool down, they become rich in prebiotics. So what I do, um, you can use little baby potatoes or carrots, steam them or however you cook them, more of um, for your dinner. You know you're not going to yeah. need any. Yeah, leftovers, yeah. Use them up for, you know, for breakfast, for lunch or whatever, when they're cold. And you eat them cold. If you reheated them, would you lose the effect? Yes. Yeah. Ah, interesting. So just yeah. having them cold. So like yeah. cold potato salad, etc. Yeah, exactly. So they ah. make prebiotics. Pre prebiotics, feeding your prebiotics. Good I did yeah. listen to a really nice, I think it was the gut doctor. And she was sort of saying, if you imagine kind of in your gut, you've got all these like, obviously these prebiotic or the healthy bacteria, but they all like to eat different things. So that yeah. idea that you can't just be like, you know, if you want to feed all of them, it's thinking about that variety and diversity in yeah. your diet. So I really liked, I think my take home from when I listened to that was rather than have like, if you're having beans in a chili, rather than have one type of bean, buy the mixed bean can. If you're going to add a seed sprinkle, don't get one type of seed, get a variety. Yeah. And I just thought actually that's such good advice. Like yeah. any time you yeah. can look for variety. So rather than always having peas with your dinner, like peas and sweet oh, corn yeah. and maybe some spinach or, you know, really thinking, because I, I really do think the more I work with women, like we always think about what we need less of, but the more we think about, actually, I just need, I need more. It crowds out the other stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Because if you've eaten like five different vegetables with your dinner, like it's really satisfying. It's really tasty. Um, you're like, you're, I, I kind of imagine that. And I've even mentioned it to the kids as well. I'm like, you know, you've got these little things in your tummy, but they all like different stuff. You can't just feed them broccoli. <laughs> no. no, exactly, exactly. So, so I encourage people to the clients that I see, I give them a sheet and see if, we, if they can collect 50 different foods, different mm -hmm. types they're eating within a week. Nice. So and count, I got this little, this a sheet where you can just tick away. Do okay. you? Do I play that game with kids sometimes as well? And <laughs> I really like that. I think I want to play the game. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. Have send me, send it, send it to me. I'll share it. And, yeah. and either very lastly, because it is the 18th of December, um, and again, I think anyone who's working with me hopefully is feeling really relaxed about December. It's no different than any other month. I still think, you know, I'm encouraging all of my crew to be like, you know, probably like for some people who work with me, fat loss is an ultimate goal. But I think December should be more about kind of socializing, enjoying things. Um, but have you got any kind of top tips from a nutritionist point of view of kind of surviving the silly season where... I don't know if anyone's still socializing, but if you are still socializing or just if there's some things people could do to kind of bulletproof themselves, give themselves a bit of a boost, what would it be? I would say, you know, make sure there's protein with everything that you eat. Don't eat if you're not hungry. So if you had a Christmas, some kind of outing and the next morning, you know, you know, or you ate loads the night before and next morning, you're not particularly hungry. Mm -hmm. I don't think you there's any good reason to eat unless you've got some kind of medical reason why you should yeah um and then fill up that plate with that protein 
and loads of different plants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really nice. Yeah. yeah. And I, do, I just, yeah, I, I think as well, if you've got that baseline of, um, you know, doing that kind of plate method where you have um, obviously that real kind of focus first on the vegetables and then the lean protein. I mean, you can make up even your Christmas dinner is basically a lean bit of turkey, isn't it? And then yep. loads of different beautiful vegetables cooked yeah, deliciously, exactly. maybe in slightly more fat than they would be usually. But again, it's... Right. Um... <laughs> Have a good one, good fat, and that's not a problem. And yeah. I also encourage um, most people, you know, if you are, if you have a sweet, sweet tooth and you're into cakes and chocolates and things, fine, but have some protein with it. Yeah. Okay. Have a handful of nuts always there everywhere. If you set the table up for snacks, yes. bowls, yes. and bowls of nice little nice nutty snacks, seeds, yeah. Yeah. and to go with those sweets, you know. Yeah. Just to stop that kind of big blood sugar yeah. rise. Yeah. Well, we had a yeah. car yesterday, feel it for, for, for whatever reason, but and I just put loads of walnuts on my piece and just loved it and yeah. I know that, that that helps my blood glucose control yeah and I'm not going to you know there's nothing wrong with sometimes having cake or chocolate no, of course not and yeah. I think the more you kind of it's been really interesting I think because obviously going like doing the job I do I kind of go on a journey with everybody as well but actually yeah. the more um I allow everything we bought I bought some like quality street and I was like oh I really want to eat the purple one so I was like oh I'll eat it but actually when I I'd obviously give I give myself full permission to eat all foods didn't even think it tasted very nice I'm sorry if that offends anyone who likes it but I suppose I've been used to eating more kind of very high cocoa um, solids, like dark chocolate, which yeah. is actually now my preference. But actually eating that, when you're not restricting it, it stops becoming this thing that you really, really want. And I know I could have as many quality street as I want, but when I actually had it and I really thought about it kind of mindfully, it wasn't what was feeding my soul. And it probably isn't my, we kind of talk about like, is it a fuck it yes? So over Christmas, not everything for me is going to be a fuck it yes. And if it's a fuck, if it's not, then yeah, I'm not going to have it. It's probably too early to be swearing, but I don't think any children are watching us. No. <laughs> but um, unless you've got some around, Eva's like... <laughs> now my, now my lot just arrived, that's all. Oh, nice. <laughs> I think that we'll, we'll, maybe we'll leave it on that. But again, just going through Christmas, just double checking, I suppose, that when you're eating something, it's not just because it's free. It's not because it's just incidentally crossed your path. Um, and there is no scarcity around any of the foods you can yeah, get from all year round. Yeah, and don't feel like if you had one, if you've gone off that you, whatever your thing is, that you, you know, then that's it. Then you might as well just throw everything out of the pram and yeah. eat. Yeah. You know, just carry on as normal. You know, yeah. I've done that. It's fine. Yeah. We'll do yeah. it. Yeah, of course we do. Like I still will probably over Christmas. And I always think it's quite interesting almost to kind of be not celebrate the fact that you've done it but just use it as a bit of a reflective oh actually when i ate 25 quality street i felt sick i didn't feel so great afterwards yeah. and then you're less likely to do it the next time so kind of just yeah. actually rather than kind of uh, berating yourself or kind of beating yourself up or sort of falling in that bucket where then just everything goes being like oh how did it make me feel do i want to feel like that or not really and then choosing not to do it yeah. rather than it's not that I can't eat 25 quality street as I choose not to because it doesn't make me feel good and I'd prefer to eat some Tony's salted cashew chocolate instead. Yeah. <laughs> and then you might in the morning if you did something a bit silly the night before or whatever it was in the morning you might feel like well I'm actually going to have a, a, a nice egg with spinach. Yes. 
I don't know, tomato, yeah. something, avocado, yeah. just yeah. because I feel like I'm going to, you know, nourish myself that way. Yes. Yes. Rather than punish, but I'm just going to nourish instead. Yes. Oh, I like that. I think that's probably a really good place to end it, probably, even so we can crack on and everyone can crack on with their Saturdays. But yeah, that idea of nourishing and not punishing, I, I think. I think that's why when we chat, we get on so well, because I know you've said previously, if um, you are looking for a nutritionist, you're not a nutritionist who is going to like prioritize fat loss. You're really about prioritizing women's health and optimizing women. And I just, I think that's why we've got this kind of joint ethos of, you know, we both want to kind of supersize women. We want to make them feel amazing, perform brilliantly, like look incredible, have a healthy, happy relationship with food. Um, and just, yeah, be able to kind of navigate through the world and social occasions without kind of a, a restrictive kind of reductionist mindset and just feel like, actually, I'm always looking for opportunities to nourish my body and look after it. And sometimes that might mean the donut, but the majority of the time it probably doesn't. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Oh, Eva, thank you so much for coming on. I'm hoping to be able to pop this onto the podcast, in which case I'll share it everywhere. Lovely. And Thanks for having me. I will look forward to hopefully having a dog walk with you soon. Yes, absolutely. I'm around. If anyone wants to check out Eva, I know Eva, very quickly, you're doing something in January, aren't you? Yeah, I'm doing a hormone testing program with women using my Dutch tests. So it's okay. very personalized programs for anybody who wants to deep down into their own hormone levels. Okay. And, you know, so which includes the test itself and um, several hours of my support in terms yeah. of the test and working in, you know, in homo for hormonal balance. Okay. Um, otherwise, yeah, I'm on okay. Yeah, I'm around. I'm in Clinic 124 in Whitstable. So yeah. Yeah. Um, yes. Oh, someone's already saying they're seeing you in January. I know you work with lots of my clients already and I only hear just like the most amazing things. I actually had a check in with a woman the other day and she said, um, what she'd been up to? And then she just said, but I know I'm okay because I've got you and Eva. And I was like, oh, <laughs> Eva, you are a phenomenon. Thank you so much. I'm Thank sure you. we'll be back on an Insta live soon. And um, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Bye. Bye.